0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Oklahoma Outdoors Podcast. I am your host, John Hutsmith, and I just want to throw a quick little shout-out to all the people, really you guys, you know, the loyal followers who are listening to this show week in, week out, sending me messages, sending me encouragement and everything like that. I just want to say thank you. So, huge shout-out to you guys. Welcome to this week's show. We got a really good one. We got really two things that I want to cover this week. Um, I really want to talk about my hunt this last weekend with the Oklahoma Outdoor Outreach Foundation because, as I keep talking about, just an awesome organization. And uh, And then we're going to talk some late season strategy, which, as you all know, is like what I live for. Like, I always look forward to the late season. And oddly enough, though, this year I am sitting here going into December, like, the start of the late season is almost here and I don't have a buck tag first time and gosh ever really honestly like I don't I don't think or I know for a fact I've never tagged out before uh November I have like barely tagged out by the end of December before I think the last two years I used my last buck tag like December 28th and so I'm really kind of like contemplating my life I don't know what to do with myself but Anyway, um, I still want to help you guys accomplish your goals for this season and so we're going to be talking about late season this week. So um, as far as like intro type stuff, not a lot to cover. Um, I'm gonna talk about you know my last weekend and the actual episode uh, this coming weekend. pretty cool thing. I, I will not be hunting. But my, I can't remember if I mentioned this last week or not, but my brother in law, he is in the Marines. He has been on a deployment and he is coming back home this weekend. And so my wife and a lot of her family and myself, we're all flying out to California where he's stationed. And we're going to be there at the base when the plane lands and get to, you know, welcome him home, watch him come off the plane, all that good stuff. Um, so not super excited about having to head out to California, but I am very excited that he's coming home safe and sound. And I think it's going to be a really, really fun trip. So that's what we're doing this weekend. And, uh, man, as far as the rest of December, I'm actually pretty darn booked. Like it's a good thing that I, that I got, uh, the 2% buck killed already. We have Christmas parties we have family events, Um, we have, I'm really looking forward to, uh, we're doing like a a big duck hunt with a bunch of my childhood friends, so that is gonna be cool, that is, you know, still gonna do some hunting, Um, still got some Texas tags burning a hole in my pocket, I do still have that Iowa tag, trying to figure out if I can make it back up there, I I don't know, Um, yeah, we'll have to see what happens with that, but Anyway, lots of hunting left to do and, and we'll get into that in another episode. But like I said, this week we're going to talk about the Oklahoma Outdoor Outreach Foundation and late season hunting. So hold on to your hat because we're going to get into it right now. Alright, let's get this thing rolling. So I gotta be a little bit honest with you guys first. I really wasn't planning to do like an entire segment on this last weekend uh, on the hunt that I went on, but um after being there this weekend, it just touched my heart so much that I can't help but brag on this organization and, and help them out in any way possible. So, this last weekend, I went up to Pauls Valley, Oklahoma, and I did a hunt with the Oklahoma Outdoor Outreach Foundation. And I'll probably stumble on that name; it's a little bit of a mouthful. But uh, you know, I went and did the turkey hunting uh, turkey hunt with them uh, in the springtime. I had Tim on. He kind of runs the day-to-day operation. Um, you know, there's a board and everything, but uh, Tim's kind of the the man making the wheels turn. And uh, anyway, so I went up and did the turkey hunt this spring, but I, I wasn't a guide then. I was just kind of a guest. Um, I did like the, the Sunday church service that they did. I spoke at that. Uh, but I did get to tag along, and you'll kind of see how everything worked. Uh, but this week, or yeah, this last weekend, uh, I was an actual guide and, uh, and I can tell you, I'm going to be volunteering with this uh, organization for years to come. But uh, I, I, don't, I don't even know how to start. So I, and, you know, I know I've talked about this thing, but their goal is to get kids with disabilities in the outdoors. And, um, you know, I could go a hundred different directions with this thing, but that's really what it comes down to. Like they want to let kids who have a hard time getting outside be outside and they will bend over backwards to to accommodate these kids and do whatever they need to do to help them be successful. Uh, in fact, I was actually, I was talking to Keith, who is Tim's son and, uh, you know, he's obviously very hands-on with everything. And the thing that he always harps on is that it's honestly, it's not a problem getting the kids uh, you know, to, to, to sign up, it's, it's a lot of times the parents, because the parents are always afraid, like, Hey, my kid has this, whatever it might be. And I, I don't know if y'all can do this with my kid. And Keith is his name. Keith is like, Hey, we will do whatever it takes. They have the equipment. Um, whether the kid can't walk is, you know, I think five of the kids out there this weekend were in a wheelchair, not a problem. Um, they have kids that don't see well. They have kids that you know can't move well. Whatever it might be, like they can accommodate. And so that that's the first thing I want to get out there to you guys. You know, if y'all know um, a child out there who has any type of disability that you think might qualify for this uh, program, look them up. They like they are actively seeking out more kids to get involved with this. Um, so that's a big part of it. Um, and, and again, like they have everything you might need. They have firing mechanism. You know, when I went on the, the turkey hunt this spring, uh, the, the kid that I went with who was awesome. I, I posted a little video of that hunt. Um, but he, he couldn't, you know, shoulder a gun and pull the trigger. And so they had a firing mechanism where all he had to do was push a button and it fired the gun. Um, this, this weekend, um, I hunted with a kid named Denton, him and his dad, and, uh, and it was awesome. I'll tell that story in just a second. But um, he, he had cerebral palsy. And he was he was pretty mobile, but it also it messes with his vision, so he can't see real well. And so they had a setup to where uh, his dad could set his phone on a little holder that they had over the scope, and so he could look at the phone and not have to like really dial in and get on, on the scope. And he was able to take a deer that way. Spoiler alert. Um, man, they have... You know, like they have ground blinds where both sides unzip and they lift the whole back and you can wheel a wheelchair right in there. Um, They have tons of like those death grip tripods that holds the gun for the kids. Um, Like I said, if whatever it is, like we can overcome or they can overcome it. I don't know if I am quite able to call myself a part of the group yet. It's a very tight knit group. Um, But yeah, it it was awesome. They had um, 14 hunters this weekend. I believe twelve of the fourteen were able to kill a deer. One kid got two. Each each kid is allowed to kill a buck and a doe. Um, man, they have landowners out there that are just awesome that let all these kids come out hunt their places. Um, you know, sometimes there are even like hunters on the property, but they kick those hunters off, or not necessarily kick them off. Uh, but a, a lot of those hunters are also involved. And a couple kids were like hunting people's actual stands and feeders and stuff that, that they had been hunting all year long, but they gave this weekend up to let the kids come out there and hunt it. Um, the organization itself, uh, I think has like seven or eight feeders that, you know, they'll get landowners agree to let them come out there and hunt. They'll set up a feeder. They'll set up a pop-up blind, whatever they need to do. Um, and, and it's just amazing, uh, all the stuff that goes into this. um, I'll talk I'll talk about my hunter in a second, but I, I want to talk about this organization a little bit. Um, first off, you know they they had like a, a camp set up at a community center, which was awesome. They provide all the food. Um, you're welcome to bring you know tent camp or whatever. There's hotel rooms. I, I stayed in a hotel. They have on um, Saturday night, they have a big auction. Um, I mean t- there was probably 200 people there Saturday night. Um there was a silent auction, a live auction, they did dinner. Um you know, there were family members and people from the community, the landowners came. It's just a great great organization. They really take care of everybody. Um if you, you know, want to be a guide like I did this year, come on. Like you don't have to be that great of a hunter as long as you have, you know, some patience, a little bit of hunting knowledge and uh and are willing to give up a little bit of time, come out and be a guide. Um, one thing that they really harped on this year, because it is getting bigger, um, they really need some people to just help around the camp, you know, cook, uh, clean dishes, stuff like that. Like, you know, just, just sweep the floor, that type of thing. Um, so, you know, maybe if you're not the best hunter, but you want to still help out, that's a great way to help out. Um, if, if those two things aren't you, maybe you don't have time or whatever the commitment is, um, man, just some good old cash. Like they are always always um you know hurting for money like i said you know all these the ground blinds the feeders the corn to put in the feeders um you know they they try to to give the kids a bunch of gifts you know get them ready for the hunt like they have you know hunter orange and and knives and and call like in the spring they give out a bunch of turkey calls so the kids get involved um so even if you can just give financially uh please please do that um but, uh, but I, I want to talk about our hunt for a minute. So like I said, um, I had an awesome kid named Denton. His dad was named Colby. And uh, we we had a, a, a setup they called Grandma's. I don't know whose grandma it was, but it was, it was a great spot. And uh, it was a, we were overlooking an ag field. It wasn't corn. You could tell there was still a bunch of corn on the ground. And then they had overseeded it in wheat. Um, there was a nice creek and some timber to the east. So it was honestly a pretty sweet setup uh, absolutely covered in dove. Um, but anyway, and so Friday evening we get out there, um, again, there's no feeder or anything. We set up our ground blind and, you know, none of us have ever stepped foot on this place. So we were just kind of going off of, uh, you know, the few directions that, uh, Keith and Tim had. so we set the ground blind up and, uh, we're sitting there and it's getting later and we're not seeing anything. It's not a feeder, but I mean, this spot, it looks legit. Like we could tell, and you know, there are deer tracks everywhere. And so we're sitting there and probably 30 to 45 minutes before end of light, I look to my right and I see not just a buck, but like a good buck. And so I'm like, Hey, you know, buck to the right. And uh, it was kind of funny because, um, you know, Denton and his dad, they were saying, honestly, like they'd they'd almost rather shoot a doe. Uh, You know, Denton's done some hunting and they just they prefer the meat of a doe over a buck. And they're like, you know, we'll probably only shoot a buck if it's like a pretty decent one. So anyway, so I'm like, hey, buck. And uh, so we, you know, pull out the binoculars and everything. And it's like a good buck, Um, at least an eight point. I never got a really good look at it, but I mean, nice buck. But unfortunately, again, you know, we never hunted this spot. We didn't know where everything was going to be coming from. And we were really facing the north. And this deer came from the east. And, and again, you know, just part of the challenge of, of taking these kids out is a lot of them just aren't super mobile. And Denton was better than most. Um, but it's still just a challenge. And so while this deer is out in front of us, uh, I'm, I'm folding up my chair, tucking it in the corner. I'm standing up. Uh, the, uh, Colby and Ditton are trying to switch, uh, spots. We're turning the gun. They're trying to get the, the phone to focus and everything. And, um, uh, and so I'm, I'm holding the, uh, tripod with my left hand to keep it steady. I'm plugging my left ear, which is my bad ear with my right hand. Uh, I'm standing up so I can't see what's going on. I hear the shot. As soon as the shot goes off, I, I kneel down and, and I can tell, like, I don't think the deer is hit. And uh, one good thing about them using the phone is they can record it. And so we went back and watched the footage. Sure enough, it was a clean miss. Um, The the scope that we had, it had really thin crosshairs. And it was just really hard to see on the phone. And so, but the deer actually didn't run. You know, it kind of took a few steps. It's looking around, trying to figure out what's going on. Um, But uh, again, you know, just one of the many challenges. You're all, there's plenty of challenges in this hunt the the thing that holds the phone is bulky enough that you can't work the butt the uh well the butt you can't work the bolt on the rifle and so he's taking the mount off I'm racking another one into the chamber he's trying to get it back on and just while all that is taking place the buck eventually works off back into the timber so uh you know we didn't get it killed it got away um but it it was still a great hunt and we were like we were shocked that we saw this big old buck um, so we go back that evening one thing that I you know it sounds it almost sounds mean but one thing that I really like about this organization is they they treat all these kids like any other kids like they don't treat them like they you know have these disabilities or that the the world looks down on them or anything like that and so poor old Denton you know he got a little heck for missing they were kind of giving him a hard time all in fun obviously um, so anyway, so we go back to the, ne- the, the same spot the next morning. Now that we kind of know where the deer are coming from, I pulled the blind up. I kind of turned it about 45 degrees. So we're more set up for that direction. Um, you know, I did some scouting on on X to kind of see where the thick timber was, where the Creek was and all that stuff. So we were a little bit more ready to go. And like I mentioned, you know, they originally, you know, when I had asked them kind of what their, what their expectations were, their goals were. They're like, you know, honestly, we'd almost rather shoot a doe, but we'll shoot a buck. And so anyway, so we're, we're hunting the next morning. It's it's pretty cold, and uh, two does come out. And uh, I was like, hey, you know, like, y'all still want to shoot a doe? Which they kind of look at each other and like, you know, we we might wait around and see if that buck comes out. <laughs> I, can't, I love it, you know. Like, hey, that's, you know, I'm in the same boat. I don't blame you whatsoever. So the does come out. They, you know feeding around for a few minutes. Eventually they kind of work off and we're, we're talking, it's getting later. And, um, Colby, the dad, he's like, man, he's like, that doe doesn't know how close she came to getting killed. Um, and so we're kind of talking, you know, trying to figure out whether we regret it or not. And, uh, and actually this time Colby saw, he's like, man, buck. And so I pull up my binoculars and it was actually a different buck, but it was still a pretty nice buck, very mature. Like that's the first thing I noticed was it was a mature buck. And obviously, these kids have the green light on any and whatever thing they want. Um, so anyway, so we're getting the gun situated and everything. Um, they they oh we had switched guns, and so um, Colby had brought a different gun that had thicker crosshairs, so you know everybody could kind of see it better. I remembered earplugs, so I had passed out earplugs to everybody because all of us, you know, our ears were ringing from the night before. Um, so we get everything set up. And Ditton made a great shot, um, right on the shoulder. The deer dropped, and and again, just like watching these kids—you know, accomplish this goal. Um, I, there, there are no words to describe it. Um, he's, he's just freaking out. He's elated. Dad's freaking out. I'm freaking out. Um, ended up being a, a, a honestly a super mature buck. He was probably on the decline. He was a big 07 point. Uh, three by four um, good mass good length uh, just a really really cool buck uh, he, he ended up he, he was right on the um, the field edge because uh, again like you know he came out we we're trying to get it set up we we're having to to move the gun we we're having to switch windows um, but like I said didn't made a great shot right on the field edge we were able to take it back to camp show it off. Everybody kept like, oh, you know, did you get anything? They'd, they'd come, they'd look around the truck, and they'd, their eyes would get big, because, uh, you know, a lot of times, these it, you're not getting super mature deer a lot of times. I'll just say that. Um, so, yeah, like I said, super cool weekend. Um, I think I mentioned we went 12 for 14 on these kids. Um, we met, I think they uh, made, like, over $17,000 through all the auctions and everything like that. So, I, I just can't brag enough about it. So I wanted to tell that story. Um, get you guys involved, let you know what's happening. and hey, this spring, April, I think it's the it's the opening weekend of turkey season in April. I think it's like the 18th. Um, we're gonna be up in northwestern Oklahoma doing the turkey hunt. Please, please please consider volunteering or giving some money to the organization. Oklahoma Outdoor Outreach Foundation. It's just a really, really good cause with some awesome kids. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say about it. Please consider, uh, giving your time or your money to it. All right, guys, it's time for one of those famed hard transitions. Let's talk late season strategy. So a little bit different year for me this year heading into the late season and I don't have an Oklahoma buck tag. It's actually something that's never happened. Um, yeah, I've, I've definitely never tagged out in November, The last two years, I've tagged out like December 28th, I think, both years, and even that was kind of early for me. Like, I'm normally hunting into January, which I absolutely love, and so that's what we're going to talk about this year. We're going to talk about the late season, and I can pretty much officially say at this point that the rut is over. Sweet November has come and gone. Can you still see some rutting activity? Yes. I'm not here to say that any and all rutting activity is done. Uh, I know there's the fabled second rut with the young does or the does that didn't get bred, whatever. Yes, you can still see some bucks interested in does chasing does and all that stuff. But for the majority of people, deer areas, whatever you're going to talk about, the, the real rutting activity is, is done. So let's talk about late season. Let's talk about how you can still tag that buck or fulfill your goals this year. Um, the best piece of advice that I normally so I'm I'm recording this December sixth, so we're still kind of early in December. The best piece of advice that I can normally give people this time of year is to just lay off. Um, if you you know if you're running some cell cameras or something, you know some deer coming in, by all means go in there and get them. But for the majority of people. You've probably just put been putting a ton of pressure on your property. You've probably been pushing the limits a little bit because it's the rut and you got to get in there. Uh, my guess is towards the end of November, you were getting a little desperate. Maybe you pushed into your sanctuary a little bit more than you would, or maybe you should only hunt a spot on a east wind and you hunted it on a west wind because it's the rut. Whatever that might be, there's a very good chance that right now you're coming out of a time... Where your property that you hunt has had the most pressure on it of the entire year. Um, And deer take note of that. Like, yes, you know, the bucks were rutting for a little while. They were, you know, had their tongues hanging out, running out of their mind. Um, But those does still notice. Those younger bucks still notice. And even those mature bucks, they may not have cared as much, but they still noticed. So the reason I say you need to stay out of your property is because you just need to let things go back to normal. You need to let it rest. Uh, Bucks and, well, really all deer, they're going to be coming back to food. They're worn down. They are, you know, they've lost a ton of weight, and they need to put that back on before winter. But in my personal experience, this time between, you know, about now, about, you know, December 5th or so, uh, really on up to like December 15th, I see that as like one of the slowest times of the entire year. Because I think deer are so worn down that almost more than food, they just need rest. Like they just need to to lay there and regain some energy. And so, uh, you know, you may see them pop start popping back up on your feeders or in your food plots. My guess is that's going to be mostly at night uh you might have some you know i've heard a lot of people talking about uh not seeing as many does this year you might start having some does pop back up i have on my cameras um one of the best things you can do and honestly probably should have be been done about a, should have been done about a week ago but uh this coming weekend or as soon as you can get out there and top off your feeders give them the food because late season you're going to hear me talk about it in a second It is all about food, and so as soon as you can, get out there, fill your feeders, maybe turn them up a notch or two, and then just stay away, stay out. Give the deer everything back. Uh, Not only was your place pressured, but more than likely, all the neighboring places were pressured as well, especially with kind of the way Oklahoma's rifle season lines out towards the end of the rut, towards the end of November, into the very beginning of December. Um, even people who weren't necessarily waiting to hunt the rut, like just people who are strictly gun hunters, they were out there all the time. Um, and so just like I said, across the board, even if it wasn't you on your property, my guess is there was just a ton more pressure across the board. And so, um, just let the deer have it. And, and from my personal experience, a lot of people, this is kind of the end of their deer season. A lot of people don't have whatever it is, like maybe they're just sick of hunting, they're done with hunting, their spouse is mad at them, they can't afford to keep filling their feeder, whatever it is, there are a lot of people that their deer season is done. Or they just tagged out, maybe that's the case. But um, like I keep saying, that super late season is by far my favorite time. So step number one, like I said, um, just just stay out. Um, Like I said, give them some food and stay out uh around that December 15th December 20th hopefully we get a little cool weather uh my guess is you're gonna see the buck activity pick up and it might still be at night but my guess is you're gonna see that buck activity pick up and you might even see some bucks that you haven't seen in a while usually that time right around Christmas maybe a little bit before, uh, maybe that buck that you had on camera all summer long and then disappeared the you know first week of October right before the season started that buck might show back up now. Um, that bachelor group might come back around now because this is the time and, and it honestly it doesn't make sense to me because you know you think about like a deer's summer pattern and then winter pattern you would think that that winter pattern would hold you know really through quote the winter you know till like March or April or something like that but really it's about now when that pattern starts shifting and um you know i think a better term for that is really the fall pattern and i think a lot of it has to do with breeding with that testosterone well now the reds kind of come down that testosterone is dropping instead so of rising they're going to be dropping their antlers soon uh you know they're they're getting back in their bachelor groups and they're really going to be starting to come back to quote their summer pattern even though it's still winter Uh, So, yeah, like I said, um, actually, I just in the last week, I've gotten pictures of, I think, three different bucks that I have not seen in weeks. Very glad to see they're still alive, but they're coming back to the feeders. Um, That protein feeder that I had running all summer, they're coming back to it because they know there's good quality nutrition there. And so, like I said, so, you know, December 6th to around the 15th, 20th, stay out. Once we hit to about December 15th, 20th, watch your cameras. That's when it might be time to start getting back in there. Um, And, you know, one thing I kind of want to stress is you're going to feel rushed. You know, that's something that I I had to really learn the hard way because, you know, gun season's over. Your buddies have tagged their bucks. You haven't. um, You're starting to feel maybe a little desperate. You're starting to feel like it might happen. I'm telling you right now, it only gets better the longer you wait. Um, you know, I mentioned the last two years, I killed my buck on December 28th. I have killed, uh, 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 man, I think it's been about four years ago. Now I didn't kill my first buck till January 1st. And I still tagged out. I killed one January 1st and one January 8th. Um, about the time Christmas comes again, that pressure has been off. It's been almost a month since gun season. Most people are staying out. Those bucks are going to start to get real comfortable And hopefully, you get some cold weather and they're going to get real reliant and used to that food source, whatever it might be. If you got a feeder running, great. If you got a food plot, even better. Um, It could just be something simple like an oak flat, Um, hay pastures. I don't know why. I don't know what they're eating out there, but you see a lot of deer, even on our place, out in our, you know, the Bermuda grass pasture that I'm always complaining about. You see a lot of deer out in those pastures this time of year. I don't know if it's, Clover or winter rye, whatever it might be, but they're going to get comfortable on those food sources. Um, so, like I said, typically for me, it's about no, uh, sorry, not November, it's about December 20th that I start thinking that I might need to get out there again. Um, what you know, maybe you move your trail cameras during the rut to trails or whatever, you know, pinch points, all that. Forget that stuff. Move them back to food. That's where the deer are going to be. Move them back to food, whatever that food source is. And uh, one challenging thing about uh, late season is you you really have to have the perfect conditions. Because these deer have now been hunted for, I mean, two and a half to three months, depending on what we're talking about here. October, all of October, all of November, most or all of December and coming into January so they're gonna be on high alert even the does and so when you get your food source uh, my guess is that those bucks are gonna start getting really regular as in every night they may be at dark but it's gonna be every night and then in my experience um, they're gonna start coming a little bit earlier every day Uh, plus we're actually gonna go past I I guess the the winter equinox, you know, right now it's getting uh, light a little bit um, later every day. It's going to start getting light earlier again. Um, So wait for that late season. You got your food source. You're being patient. Start paying attention to the wind. The wind's going to be huge. And pay attention to your entry and exit. Uh, I preach that all the time. You should always, you know, uh, pay attention to that. But this time of year is going to be even more important because again, like these deer, they're going to be on to you. They're going to be looking for you, and you know, especially if you've only if you only have like two or three stands and you've been hunting them all year long. You know, if you've been in there ten or twelve times, those deer are going to know how you get in and out of there. Um, so you got to have really, really good entry and exit. And this is just where the patient game starts. You got to be super patient and not push it. If that buck is still coming in 10 minutes after daylight, you can't go in there because you're going to be in there and it's going to get dark. He's not going to be out. And then while you're climbing out of your stand, guess what? He's going to pop out. He's going to be downwind. He's going to hear you, see you, whatever it might be. He's going to know you're there. So you just have to continue to be patient. Um, One interesting thing that I've kind of learned over the years is yes, cold weather helps because that's going to make those deer get a little frisky, you know, get up on their feet. They're going to want to feed, but extreme cold fronts can, they can help you. I'm going to get to that in a second, but they can also hurt you. Um, Because I think deer, in my experience, it seems like deer know that the cold, the super cold just doesn't last that long and, and they're right like you know if you if you look at a extended forecast and you see a big front coming more than likely you're going to see 24 hours of real cold maybe the next 24 hours it's semi-cold and then it's going to warm back up a little bit maybe not a ton but it's going to warm back up and i think these deer know that and so if it gets super cold you know, if you're talking teens in southeastern oklahoma maybe that takes a little colder in northwestern oklahoma um, but I, I think a lot of times those deer actually hunker down and it doesn't make them more active. I think they know that they can just kind of cuddle up, they can find some thermal cover and just kind of wait out those super cold temperatures. For me, I would much rather hunt that day that it kind of warms back up. I've had so much success over the years where maybe it's been like 18 degrees at night and then the next night it's like 22 degrees and then the next night it's 37, you know, bumps up quite a bit that's the day that I want to be hunting because those deer, um, they're going to be desperate. They're going to be a little bit hungrier than normal because they haven't wanted to spend that energy, but they have depleted their energy. They're going to want to refill. And so those days after that big front moves out, that's when I want to hunt. Um, but again, the the biggest thing, if you're not running trail, trail cameras, you need to go buy some because trail cameras are worth their weight in gold. I think more than the rut because if you get a picture of a buck during the rut, you don't know he's coming back the next day. He could be half a mile, mile away, doesn't matter. This time of year, these deer are going to be slaves to their stomach, and they are going to be the most patternable that you will ever see a buck. If you've tagged out, I'll challenge you, I'm, hopefully you do this anyway, leave your cameras running. Don't go pick them up. Don't do whatever. Uh, if you still have them on your rut funnels or whatever, take them off and go put them on food somewhere and just watch uh I like to keep my bucks running really in of oh, my bucks. I like to keep my cameras running into February. I and mean, you'll be amazed at the daylight activity that you see, but I really think that first those first, you know, couple days of January, um all the way to like January 10th, uh I think that is honestly some of the easiest times to kill a buck because they are just so darn patternable and they are such a slave to their stomach and so you know there's there's not a lot to this podcast I feel like this is the the third year in a row that I've I've done this type of talk and uh you know I, I have been so successful in late season that I feel like other podcasts always reach out to me and they want to have me on to, to talk about late season hunting but there's just there's really not that much to it you got to find the food, find or create the food, be extremely patient, wait for the right conditions, and that buck is going to be there. So, man, I, I could try to talk another 10, 15 minutes if I wanted to, to try to drag this out, but like I said, that's really the keys. Um, the, the biggest thing is, uh, again, because I've been there, like, I was, oh, I haven't got my buck, it's Christmas, you, i got to do all this crazy stuff, you really don't. Um, don't, don't do anything out of the ordinary. Like if you don't normally go dump two dozen apples and a bunch of vanilla extract and cinnamon corn and apple corn and all that stuff, if you don't normally do that, don't go do that because more than likely you just putting the human scent out there to do all that crazy stuff is going to do more harm than good. I used to do that when I was like college and in my early twenties, you know, I'd be getting desperate. Uh, I'd be like, I don't have any money to spend, but I'm going to spend it anyway because I got to go above and beyond. And as I got older, I realized just let it be, let the feeder spin, let the food plot do its thing, whatever it might be, and just wait and be patient. So like I said, guys, that's pretty much it. Um, I know this is kind of a shorter episode. I'm glad I got to talk about the Oklahoma Outdoor Outreach Foundation. If you have any questions or anything, feel free to reach out to me. My biggest thing when it comes to late season is just don't give up. Stay in the game. Keep your head on your shoulders. Get out there. Be smart. And you have a very good chance still of tagging a really nice buck. So that's going to do it for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. My apologies for it being a little bit shorter episode. But uh, as I said at the beginning, guys, I can't thank you guys enough for listening to this, supporting this. We got a lot of stuff coming up, so stay tuned. And until next week, I will see y'all right back here on the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast.